0: All right, today I get to interview Josh Janis, a man who went from being an Uber driver, and I say, man, like a 23-year-old man, like this guy is killing it, uh, from an Uber driver, DoorDash driver, excuse me, all the way to 1.5 million real estate portfolio in Cleveland, Ohio. Josh, like this is really exciting, man. Like from an outside perspective, it's something where I'm like, this is just nuts how fast this is happening. What does it feel like from your perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, my life a little under two years ago was very different than what it is today. Um, I would just get up early and door to ash and listen to books and take some college classes. And now I'm just doing real estate deals all day. It's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> all right. So take us through, what was the typical day like for you before you got down this road? Obviously, you know, you're driving, listening to books, give us a little more insight in there. And then what does your typical day look like now?
1: Yeah. So I would get up at like, you know, five workout, um, or like take some notes on different books that I had read. And then I would just start door dashing as early as I could. People wouldn't really take those orders in the morning. So I would do it. Um, and then I would run into some college classes in the middle of the day and study in general. And then, you know, door dash another couple hours like noon to six and then hit the gym later in the day if I didn't and hang out with my girlfriend, Yvette and my family and just Do it over again.
0: (laughs) So when you're you're obviously delivering food, right? Is that is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you're not like having pass it's not like Uber where you have passengers in your car. You're just picking up food. Uh so you have the ability the whole time to be like learning and put and growing your game.
1: Oh yeah. Like I would always be listening to a podcast or an audio book. I mean, you can't do that for ten hours a day. My head would hurt, so I'd switch up with music or or nothing, but you have a pretty cool opportunity to kind of fill your head with whatever knowledge that you want.
0: Wow. So do you, can you estimate how many books or how many hours of learning you did while, while doing that driving?
1: Oh man. I mean, it's hundreds, if not over, over a thousand, like 2000, probably just between different finance YouTube videos and motivational stuff and probably like 30 to 50 books, things like that over the course of two years.
0: So I, I feel like when I'm podcasting, I'm getting a, you know, a lot of information, maybe similarly to how you were getting books. Like sometimes I, I face the struggle of like, Dude, how do I implement all this stuff? There's so many great ideas out there. There's so much like, what was your method of like, did you were like, I'm just going to shower myself in knowledge every single day and then pick one thing. Or it's like, I listen to the same thing over and over again till I get it. What was your approach?
1: Yeah. So like one figure, uh, Jordan Peterson was huge in my life. I'd always listen to him. He, I just kind of just kept jamming his messages in my head and I kind of learned that way. But other things like, you know, just the basic real estate concepts in the beginning, I would take like notes on my phone. I would like read them through like the audible or whatever. And, um, at night I would try to like figure out, okay, let's look at what I learned today. What can I actually, what steps can I take? And then I kind of like broke it down into what I could do over the course of like a day, a week, a month, or a year and kind of went from there.
0: Top two or three books that you've taken the most action on. Uh, Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life, uh,
1: his first one. And then Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and the uh, Bigger Pockets, Real Estate Investing, whatever the, the main one is. I forget the title, that one too.
0: The Burr, the Burr method,
1: maybe the Burr one. Yeah, I, I forget yeah. which one.
0: So okay, so twelve rules for life. You start making your bed, like out of the twelve rules. Like, tell me which ones. Which ones were important for you?
1: Oh man, you put me on the spot. Uh, yeah. I think it was really about. It was just, it, it. the 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 biggest thing for that book was me figuring out, like, paying attention to what I was doing every day and why, yeah. right? Yeah it was just, it was more so, it wasn't necessarily changing behaviors. It was more like figuring out why am I attracted to this? Why am I attracted to this? If I want this outcome, what could I change in my day to get there? It was more like structural.
0: Yeah. This is so valuable for people. I mean, like people that are sitting there, you're 23, you know, you started this journey at like 21, 20, 2021, it sounds like. It's like there's real changes that you may right? Like, and I think a lot of people already with how much success you've had, they're like, oh, he's a different breed. He's a different human. It's this, it's that. It's like, no, like you made specific books, you read them, you took action, etc." Um, So obviously Jordan Peterson is more like get your life right, get your mindset right. And then it's the rich dad, poor dad, bigger pockets books that kind of got you more into the lane of taking action and real estate specifically, I would imagine. Did yeah, have- correct.
1: Like One thing I would say real quickly is I I was always like a saver with money because I didn't really know what to do with it at the time. I knew that later down the road, I'd find something more productive to do with it. So my mindset was like, let me try to get my life in order. Let's get like the foundation in order first. And then I can start pursuing some sort of passion or career, et cetera.
0: Yeah. absolutely love it. Did you have any real estate mentors in Cleveland?
1: Um, my first mentor was Remington Lyman, who I met through bigger pockets. He was gonna help me find a house hack. he He's in Columbus with me now, but in Cleveland, I didn't really have any.
0: Yeah, okay, so you're living in Columbus.
1: No I am. yeah.
0: yeah, oh sweet. okay, cool. So all right, so take me through the journey. So, like, how' did you buy your first house? What did that deal look like? And then how did it snowball from there?
1: For sure. So I got my license to sell real estate back in. Uh, or like i started cold calling finding deals um at the end of twenty uh, twenty one like September is when i started then i got my license january 1st twenty two and uh i probably sold you know 20 ish like fifteen houses made some made some good money and then i bought my first deal to burr uh in june of twenty two so a little over a little under year a little over a year ago
0: yeah this is this is crazy you seem to have the propensity to take action without much hesitation do you, have, have you had much fear in the process like h- how are you handling that fear if you do like it's usually people need more time to kind of process through these decisions think about them learn I mean this is so fast
1: yeah I mean I, I would say like try to rely on people that know more than you don't try to like reinvent a wheel I try to rely on those that have already done what I'm doing, I'm not doing anything really special. Um, and number two, I always have savings and I always try to create like a good base so that yeah. if things do happen, if I have a very stressful events in my life, like I have habits that I can rely on that aren't gonna spiral me into a bad spot.
0: Yeah. What is it like, walk us through a typical day in Josh's life today.
1: For sure. So I get up at like, uh, like five basically yeah. Uh, clear up my email inbox and yeah. all my texts for like the first 30 minutes. Then I eat, take some notes, try to figure out like what I'm really trying to like do today. And then I get to the office at like 6.30 and I'm basically at the office till, you know, 6.30 at night-ish or 6. And then I hit the gym, uh, then hang out with my family or my girlfriend and then the, on the next day. So it's pretty much 12 hours, five days, six days a week almost.
0: Cool. So you're probably in bed by nine or 10, something like that.
1: Yeah. I'm a loser. I go to bed early.
0: I'm love it, man. <laughs> i I'm a loser with you. So let's talk about what that 630 to 630 looks like. I mean, that's a 12 hour day, right? And so I, I think it'll be very, very uh, valuable to, for people to know how you structure that. Like, is that a super tight 12 hours or you're just like, I'm just going to work as hard as I can? Like, is it time block? Like, what does that 12 hours look like?
1: Yeah. So I work in a one through five process where like the first thing I try to do is clear out all of the new texts that I got or voicemails. And then I try to, the next thing is to clear out any new emails that aren't, uh, like filtered. Like if I've gotten an email from a lender in the past, I throw it in the lender box. But if it's like a new email from a new lead or something like that, then I'll focus on that. Then I'll hit the filtered inboxes and then I hit like my tasks throughout the day. So like if, if I'm supposed to call the seller to try to get him to take this offer, if that's a task, I'm going to knock it out. If I'm supposed to connect this buyer with a deal, I'll do that. And then once kind of all four of those things are done, that's when I work on the business. One through four is in, five is on. So like, you know, working on a new lead source, building out my website, implementing some, like when I'm in the business, so I'm like, oh man, this procedure could be fixed up a bit. Let's allocate some attention to it later boom that's when i would do it so it's just kind of like a process that i'll work in the entire day
0: if you had to assess how much dead space is there in the 12 hours versus like how so like let's say let's say um how productive right so for example if we count productive and unproductive minutes or hours in the day right like so if you take a lunch break and don't do anything that would be like an hour of dead space or hour of not productivity, like out of those 12 hours, how much would you say is productive?
1: I think I'm a very productive individual. Like my lunch is 30 minutes. I order in Chipotle and I call my girlfriend and talk to her when I drive, drive back and then I get back to it. So it's only like 30 minutes. But I don't, I mean, metrics wise, I send like 500 texts a day, 2000 emails and about 30 calls. That's kind of my average daily output. So I try to suck as much darn energy as I can every hour if I'm going to work.
0: You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven figure strategies and got an inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us, and let's get you on a straight-line path to freedom. That is phenomenal, and I think that's really what I wanted to get out of that question because it's like people look at this and like, Oh, he's 23, but like you're working probably a week's worth of productivity for every person's one day or every person. I mean, it's just crazy. Like when you think about you have, you probably have 11, 10 or 11 productive hours, maybe even 11 and a half productive hours a day. That is wild. So you talked about even you haven't calculated down to how many text messages and how many emails are those all manual or there is, is there a system sending those? some of those automated or,
1: uh, they're be- starting to become automated, but I mean, it was manual for a year straight. So,
0: yeah. And as a hundred percent of your focus on the acquisition of deals for yourself or kind of talk to us about the different revenue sources you're pursuing. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm still an active agent. I will be for a while. So probably like 70, 67% of my day is helping buyers find deals, um, You know, I always have, right now I have over 50 contracts that I'm juggling between what I'm buying and what other people are buying. So
0: just managing all of that. Yeah, that is wild. So your entire day is spent hunting investment properties for you and for the clients. Yep. What, what does the, uh, number of transactions look like for you in 2023? If you had to, if you had to guess it, try and guess it perfectly. What do you think it looks like at the end of the year?
1: Uh, like 220.
0: And this is your third year in the business?
1: This is my second year. Second year. 2020. I basically started January 1st of 2022.
0: (laughs) Second year in the business and you're on pace to do 220 transactions. Like, obviously with that level of intensity, that level of focus, like, I mean, how does it, how does the day feel to you? you, I mean, do you feel like this is a one-year plan, a 10-year plan, a 20-year plan? Like what's, what's the vision?
1: I mean, I just kept trying, my my main focus the first 12, 18 months was just trying to incrementally get better. And I'm basically just continually focusing on that. So I don't really have like a 10-year goal necessarily yet. Um I'm trying to figure out ways to build out a team a little bit because I basically sure. it's it's me and a couple of virtual assistants. I don't have any in person people, so
0: yeah. So, um, just out of curiosity, because the market I'm in, investments are very, very different, right? Like, it, it seems like like there's a lot of Midwest markets where it's very common for agents to be investor agents. Like here, it's like the number of deals that we have are so low because the prices here in California. Um, and so investor agents, they're, they're a real thing, but it's not very common. So how do you determine like which deals go to which investors and which ones you buy? I mean, does everybody see everything and first come first serve or how do you run that side of the things?
1: Great question. So I have like a set of questions that I ask everyone when I initially talk to them. And then based on those answers, I have like a handful of categories that I send deals to and they'll just get shoved into whatever that is. And then over time I figure out if that makes sense or if I should tweak it or if I should tweak my categories, things like that. But um, my strategy is I'd rather send you less properties, but I'd rather have the ones I send you be as close to what you're looking for as possible.
0: Yeah. And then obviously if you're doing 220 deals a year, you don't have time for anybody that's not an action taker or so on and so forth. So what, what does the process like to be a client? Cause I haven't actually like referred a probably 10 or 20 different California buyers over to people in Cleveland to buy properties. Like what, what does that look like? I mean, proof of funds, like walk me through the process. Like what does someone need to be to be your client?
1: Yeah. I just, I set up a 15 minute call. I give a bunch of resources, introduce them to lenders, property managers, contractors, and then figure out if they're trying to do a value add property like a burr, if they want something that's a rent ready and good to go. And then a couple other questions and then I just throw them on my deal list. And then I'll individually handpick deals once every week or two for them. And then I'll send them texts like, hey, what do you think of this? Any feedback that you can give me is very helpful. And then they can call, text or email me whenever. And you know, the people that engage with me the most are the ones that I'm going to give the most energy to. If you're not giving me energy, I won't give you any energy. And it just kind of goes like that.
0: Yeah. So... 225 transactions or so, like how many clients does that account for? Uh,
1: probably like 120 is my guess, something like that. Okay. So each yeah. person's so like,
0: buying one or two properties a year? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. How How do you decide when you buy a property?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm the one building all the systems and spending all the money, so I tend to take the better ones, yeah. kind of. But I'm trying to buy bigger deals right now. So I kind of built the framework on how to get very solid one to four units. And I'm paying less attention to those and focusing more on like five plus units. So that's kind of the split right now. Um, Before, you know, I don't really want to give someone like a full gut renovation if they live in California. Like maybe the numbers look great, but that's a lot to take on if you're not even here. So like those are more the things that I would personally buy versus handoff.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're you're selling the the renos to people that are local and yourself, and so on and so forth. So, and it makes sense. I mean, if you're doing that kind of deals, the revenue, the income that you're experiencing is going to be, it's going to put you in a category very quickly that you could buy these big multifamily deals. Like, as far as marketing, I mean, like to sell this many houses, you have to find this many houses. Like, what's what's the marketing machine to be able to find this many properties?
1: Yeah. I mean, one huge aspect is I've called like every single multifamily property agent that has listed anything in the last two years in my market and tried to develop some sort of relationship with them. I always ask them for pocket listings. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to take your listing. Just bring your buyers, you know, if if it makes sense. I find a ton of deals that way. Um, I'm on almost every wholesalers list, I feel like. I actually train people to become wholesalers Cause that's, you know, people want to get into real estate and they don't have a ton of money. I'm like, great, let's start cold calling and finding deals. And I cold called a ton myself and I still do a decent amount. So, I mean, those three sources produce the bulk of the deals that I find for everyone.
0: Yeah. So the 12 hour days, like it just makes me really excited to hear how efficient you are. Like how long do you see that in your future? is that like a, a permanent thing or is that like, okay, until I get to 30,000 a month or $50,000 a month in cash flow.
1: Uh, I'm just going to keep doing it till I find something more productive to do. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: right now, like the way that my, my income structure works is it's just, I make more money if I work more doing this. So it's like,
0: yeah.
1: I'm just going to keep doing it until I can do like higher leverage tasks. But like, it took me a while to build up to that. Like, Yeah. You know, even Friday nights, man, I am tired. I am. My brain is fried. Like it's been a long week, but I don't know. I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd say race while you can, man. Like it's, it's so interesting. Like while you've got the energy, while you've got the drive, like, you know, make it rain while you can make it rain. So you talked a little bit about the idea of building on a team and obviously like your the, the fixation right now is on on doing deals. Like what have you tried so far? Like what's been your thought process towards building a team?
1: Yeah, there's a couple agents that um, I mentor that I help them kind of scale up and produce better. They're not really on my team. I'm just kind of like working aside and doing deals here and there. So I'm just kind of struggling with like how much I should allocate time to my investments versus the agent side a little bit.
0: Yeah. How does that typically balance out as far as like, I mean, obviously on these properties, I'm assuming they're probably like under a hundred thousand. Is that fair to say? Or like what price points are a lot of the agent deals in?
1: Uh, like a hundred to 200.
0: hundred to 200. So, so commission on those are probably somewhere between like 2,500 and 6,000 or so.
1: Yeah. But when you do off market, which I do, you can kind of make it higher. You can make more okay. money. Okay,
0: cool. <laughs> uh, and then, but on the investment side, you're probably making more than that per deal. I'm guessing.
1: The Yeah.
0: So, um, okay, so that's cool. So I mean a lot of lot of different ways right you can think about this, right? As far as like maybe growing out the investment side, you know, uh versus like building a team and going like a lot, a lot of volume on the agent side. Like, do you feel like you're more likely to go hardcore on the agent side or or do you feel like, hey, maybe take on some capital, you know, create some partnerships or or some sort of structures where you could you could take down most of these deals, like hundred or two hundred, yourself.
1: Um, I think I'll probably be a straight investor in like three years, is my guess. Yeah, based on the track I'm going. So, yeah.
0: So let's talk about stuff outside of work. Um, and I know that's not going to be a long conversation because uh, obviously you're, <laughs> you're really focused. But what does what I mean for, for the couple hours you have outside of work? And well, I guess I should ask you this question: How many days of work a week do you work?
1: Yeah, right now I don't really work on Sundays at all, and I work like two, three hours on Saturday. So I've, and it was seven days for a year and a half. So now I actually have some breathing room. Like, you know, I hang out with my parents, their dogs, my girlfriend, play basketball, see my friends. Like, I don't drink, I don't really go to bars or anything. So it's more so just like daytime activities, sports. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So you're hanging out, playing sports. Awesome, man. Like, what would you say? So what's the vision for the next 12 to 18 months?
1: Um, My goal for this year was to do a million in commissions and then another millions in investments. So I'm focused on reaching that goal. And then next year, my goal is to double it. So whatever it takes to get there, that's the
0: goal. Sweet, man. Well, Josh, thanks for coming on, man, and just getting straight to it. Uh, This is pretty remarkable so, guys, you're out there listening, like you can get to a million dollars in just a couple years on this strategy by just really getting hyper clear on what you do, your process, being very, very, very efficient, working 12 hour days. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you have to consider what you want your life to look like, but this is pretty spectacular to watch someone at the age of 20, 21 uh, move to a $1.5 million portfolio by the age of 23 and on pace to do a million dollars in income. Uh, Pretty wild, Josh. Congratulations to you. But if you're out there, write down something you learned from this episode. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show.